0: Man, I'm eyeing the next game. We have to win a game, and then we go on to the next. No, seriously though, you know what I mean? Like, we're not mature enough, and we're not good enough to look ahead. Like, we have to like, every single game is an opportunity for us, and hopefully we get healthier, and it's gonna be amazing to be at home. It's actually gonna be weird to be at home playing a lot of games, but we've played much better on the road. And so those are things that I'm thinking about, is we gotta play the, we gotta, we got to bring our game to the house and if we do and we play a little more focused then maybe we can have an opportunity but we we no nah, man we can't look we can't do that we're not good enough for that bro hey rip city this is matisse Leibel, and it's time to open the briefcase with casey Holdall.
1: greetings supposed fans and welcome to the briefcase episode 70 of the briefcase I am your host, Casey Holdall, and that was Chauncey Phillips discussing whether the stretch of home games the Blazers are about to have here in the month of December gives them a chance to stack some wins up before the new year. The Blazers have played 14 of their first 22 games on the road. They have not played more than three games at home in a row all season long thus far. That ends now. The Blazers starting a five-game homestand and playing eight of their next nine at Moda Center before heading out for a two-week road trip to start 2024. But during the holiday season, the Blazers will be at home and are playing some pretty good basketball. So the idea was, if you're playing at home, if you're playing good basketball, perhaps this gives you a chance to maybe go out there and get some of those wins that otherwise you've lost on the road. Chauncey Billups... Not really having it. Blazers, not a team that at this point can look ahead and assume that just being at home is going to be enough. As Chauncey points out, the Blazers have been a better road team than a home team this season, though they played so much more on the road. That might be one of the reasons why, as in they just haven't had as many opportunities to win at home. But they have been a pretty good road team. Now they're going to get a chance to do it at home in front of their home crowd. And with the team getting healthier and playing better basketball over the last couple weeks, plenty of reason to come out to the Moda Center, catch some of these games, bring the family, enjoy the holiday season amongst 20,000 fans cheering on your Trailblazers, and see some pretty good basketball at that. We'll talk about Portland's recent play, give an update on the status of many players on the injury report, consider the remix facing the quote-unquote future of the NBA versus the G League at night, the Blazers continuing to dominate in games where the spread is double digits, And we'll hear from Shaden Sharp about his sophomore season, crossing up Daniel Tice, comparisons to Kobe Bryant, and what makes for a great mac and cheese on this edition of The Briefcase. While the Blazers have lost four straight, including a 132-127 loss to the Clippers in Los Angeles on Monday night, they are playing a much better brand of basketball. The return of Anthony Simons paired with Shaden Sharp as a starting backcourt, I think has been a revelation for this team. I know that watching this team right now, it's exciting to see the way those two guys are playing off each other. And the Blazers are getting healthier, as we're going to talk about here in a moment. They're doing those things without Malcolm Brogdon, without Jeremy Grant, without DeAndre Ayton. And those are guys who have a lot of responsibility for this team, but Portland, as of right now, are seeing their young players really stepping up and taking the mantle and showing that they're maybe ready for a bit more time, a bit more opportunity than we thought they would be at this point in time. Obviously, you have Shaden Sharp, who we're going to hear from here in a moment, who is playing phenomenal basketball right now, doing things that very few players have done, at least in five-game stretches at his age. I really think we're starting to see the promise that Shaden has, and he's just scratching the surface right now. As soon as he's able to figure out how to do it on a night-to-night basis, as soon as he's more comfortable, playing alongside Anthony Simons, as he's going to talk about here in a minute, has really allowed him to do some things or allowed him to get less attention from the defense that is really making a difference in this game right now. Anthony Simons coming back from that thumb injury showing no signs of rust basically after the first half of the first game he returned playing very well scored 38 points in the loss of the Clippers a game that was much closer than even the final score would indicate at 132-127 which is a pretty close game as it was anyways. Blazers very much could have come away with that game if a few things had broken their way. That's something We've talked about a lot recently, and that's just something that as a young team is going to happen. Chauncey Billups talked today after practice about those are some of the things that they've been working on late game execution, kind of figuring out when we're in these situations late in close games. What are the things that we should rely on? What are the things that we should do to give ourselves the best chance to pull some of these games out? And it sounds like a lot of that had to do with figuring out the best ways to utilize Ant Simons in late game opportunities, figuring out where he best wants the ball, how he best wants to attack. And that's something they're starting to work on now because they're in a situation where they are playing games, where they feel like if we just did a few things here and there better, we would be able to win these games, which again... These are against some pretty good teams, bit further along than I expected this team to be at this point, and probably a lot of you expected them to be as well. Simon scoring 38 points on 10 of 23 shooting from the field, 5 of 11 shooting from three, and perfect 13 of 13 shooting from the free throw line. That's something that no one else on this team is going to be able to give you other than Anthony Simons, while also getting four assists and a rebound and a block in 38 minutes. Shaden Sharp, 41 minutes, 27 points, six assists, three rebounds, and a steal. Also crossing up Daniel Tice, as I mentioned in the open, one of the best highlights for this team this season. Shaden Sharp able to do it in the air and also on the floor. 11 points for Matisse Theibel, who's shooting the lights out of the ball this season. Three of five from the three-point line. Really like what we're getting Matisse on both sides of the ball. That three and D player, that elite three and D guy. Matisse really looking great so far this season. Very happy for him. Duop 10 points, four assists. Tumani Kamara, seven points. Four rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block, doing a great job in that game defensively as well. And then you got Scoot Henderson having his best offensive game of his career 19 points on eight of 16 shooting from the field, three or four shooting from three to go with six assists, four rebounds, and two blocks in 30 minutes. I talked to Scoot a bit after that game about taking advantage of what the defense is giving him right now. Scoot, percentages, not where he would like to be right now in terms of shooting. Other teams know that as well, and they're giving him open looks. And at least Monday night in Los Angeles, he was knocking those down. And if he's able to continue to do that, that is going to open up things both for his penetration game and for his teammates as well. Really feels like Scoot's making some great progress. You would hope that continues as he continues to come off the bench, which I think at this point, he probably will for at least a bit. And something that will also help Scoot and the team in general is the return of multiple players who have been on the injured list for a couple games now. Both Malcolm Brogdon and DeAndre Ayton upgraded to questionable for Thursday's game versus the Jazz at Moda Center. Jeremy Grant still out with a concussion. Malcolm Brogdon went through a workout prior to the Clippers game and looked to me like he was ready to play. So I feel pretty confident that he's going to have an opportunity versus the Jazz on Thursday. Not as certain about DeAndre Ayton, but I think there's probably a pretty good chance of that. As far as Jeremy Grant is concerned, he's made progress. Chauncey Billups said after practice on Wednesday that he's been able to be in the gym and do more things, but still has to go through the final stages of that concussion protocol. You would hope that he'd be available for the games this weekend versus the Mavs and the Warriors, but we'll have to wait see on that. That's the thing about concussions too, is they don't really conform to any kind of standard timeline. When you pass the protocol, you pass the protocol. When you don't, you can't play. So Jeremy's still out for the time being, but do expect him to be back sooner rather than later. Moving on to G League news, the Rip City Remix faced the G League Ignite in Henderson, Nevada on Thursday after losing 108-106 to the Ignite on Tuesday. That was just the second win of the season for the Ignite, a team that is put together of players who are expected to jump to the NBA within the next few seasons, while also having a number of veterans on that team as well. If you look at the G League Ignite, quite a few guys on that team you probably recognize from their time in the league. So you really have a bunch of very young players and a bunch of very veteran players Hasn't really worked out in terms of wins for the Ignite this season, and that's probably not really the point, though I think you could also argue that you're better off learning how to win as a young player than you are learning how to put up stats as a young player. But nevertheless, Blazers in Nevada to face a G League Ignite for two games. That game is on ESPNU on Thursday if you want to check that out. Get a glimpse of who some of the players that a lot of the teams, including the Portland Trail Blazers, are probably looking at going into this year's 2024 NBA Draft. Also see your Reap City Remix and how they've improved. Rian Rupert playing great basketball down there. Moses Brown, who had a very nice game versus the Clippers, also doing well with the Remix, even though he's not on an assignment right now. Same with Justin Minaya, our old good buddy Mo Harkless. Even though the Remix isn't in town and won't be in town for a few more weeks an opportunity to watch those games, see how they do against some of the elite individual players, at least some of the individual players who expected to be elite at some point in time within the next few seasons. See how Europe City Remix matches up to the Ignite. Once again, that game on Thursday night. You can also watch the replay of the game on Tuesday night on the G League website. All right, checking on the Trailblazers' offensive and defensive rating as we do all season long here on The Briefcase. The Blazers are now 29th in offensive rating, one spot better than the last time we checked and what they've been all season long. Blazers have basically been in 30th. In offensive rating, all season long, they have now moved up one spot to 29th with an offensive rating of 106.6 points scored per 100 possessions, which is about a point per 100 possessions better than last week. And that's the influence, in my opinion, of Anthony Simons, both in terms of what he's able to do individually and his ability to make things easier for his teammates. And draws a lot of attention out there from opposing defenses, which gives other guys an opportunity to get some better percentage shots. I think we're starting to see that already. But unfortunately, the Blazers have dropped a bit in terms of defensive rating, as they are now 15th in the NBA at 113.6 points allowed per 100 possessions. However, there are seven teams whose defensive rating is 113 points per 100 possessions. So we're talking about fractions of points per 100 possessions, separating the teams ranked in 11th and the team ranked in 17th. And in terms of net rating, Portland is ranked 25th at minus 6.9. That's not a huge jump in terms of their net rating, but I believe that's the highest they've been in the NBA this season. So they are making steady improvements in that realm as well. Once again, the Blazers no longer in last place in offensive rating and about league average in terms of defensive rating. Plenty of room for growth there, but not a bad place to be after the first couple months of the season. And since we're talking stats, a big day for the Trailblazers in terms of the betting lines as Thursday's game versus the Utah Jazz, the first time this season that your Portland Trailblazers will be favored going into a game. They're 1.5-point favorites versus the Jazz for Thursday night's game. Every game prior to that this season, they have been underdogs. Now granted, at 1.5 points, it's possible that that gets bet down, but with the Jazz being on the second night of a back-to-back, and with the Trail Blazers getting healthy, I imagine that line is probably going to stay about where it is, which means that for the first time after 23 games, the Blazers entering a game as the favorite team, does that mean anything? No, not really but it is kind of interesting. But even though they haven't been favored, the Blazers have done quite well versus the spread this season, as they've now covered in two of their last three games. There were 12.5-point dogs to the Warriors in Golden State and lost by six. There were 10-point dogs to the Mavs at home and lost by 13. And there were 14-point dogs to the Clippers and lost by four. So the Blazers are now 11-11 versus the spread this season. What's more, they're 2-7 versus the spread in games in which the spread was at least double digits. They're better than you think, Las Vegas. All right, with all that said, let's go ahead and talk to Shaden Sharp, sat down with Shaden for a bit after practice on Wednesday for a wide-ranging interview discussing how he's playing in his second season. The comparisons had been made between him and Kobe Bryant and what he thinks about those comparisons, sharing the backcourt with Anthony Simons and what that's done for his game, his improvement on the defensive end, his insane recent five game stretch and the company that that puts him in, getting called for technicals, crossing up Daniel Tice and his auntie's mac and cheese, which is the Rosetta Stone of his love for the dish. Really enjoyed this interview with Shaden. I think you're going to like it as well. Give it a listen. Here with Shaden Sharp. So, Shaden, uh, how would you say that uh, the season has progressed for you so far this season, Uh, your second year? um, I feel like you've been one of the most consistent guys on the team, both in terms of just being in the lineup and also your play. So I'm curious how you feel like the second year is going so far.
0: Uh, Yeah, for me, I think, you know, this season, um, you know, I'm just establishing my, you know, confidence in playing and um, just getting more comfortable out there. So uh, for me, I feel like it's just, you know, um, getting a, a feel of, know the next couple of years after this year and um how i you know what kind of player i can be um in this league so i feel like it's just you know confidence and um just being comfortable out there
1: at this point what
0: kind of player do you think you can be uh i think i could be a three level scorer um in this league and um also be a defender helping my team defend and um get stops down the road so um yeah those two things i feel like i I could be Last year, I feel like, for me, it's just about, you know, learning as much as I can. I mean, we had Dame, so, you know, he's a you know Hall of Fame player and been in this league 13, 10-plus years. So, um, just learning as much as I can last year and, um, you know, applying it for this year and um, the next years to come. So. He had called
1: you Don Shaden the other day on, on Twitter. Do you know what that comes from at all?
0: I think it comes from the you know, part of my name, Shadon, Shaden, so... Um I feel like that's where he got it from, but um no, it's pretty cool having dame um you know kind of give me a, a nickname and um, kind of establish you know um, you know my name and in, in the league and whatever so no, it's cool for real. Uh, this season a lot of guys kind of been in and out of the
1: lineup as I mentioned you know Ant's been in and out Malcolm's been in and out a bit now you got Jeremy same, same with DeAndre. And you're basically the only guy that's played all the games so far this season. What has that been like for you to to be out there sometimes and maybe not even knowing like who's going to be out there on a night to night basis because of injuries?
0: yeah, not. Nice. I mean it's a long season, so you never know what you know can happen um during the season but i mean it's it's basketball it's playing at a high level you know best in the in the world so um it's just fun playing um day in and day out uh, with the guys that we have here so um not a long season a lot happens so
1: you, you talk about kind of being long season and I mentioned guys being in and out Ant back in the lineup now. It, it really seems like you guys have a have a good chemistry on the court and just it feels like your games really complement each other well so what's it been like to, to have been out there with, with
0: Ant starting at least for the last couple games? Well, it was great um, to have him back you know um, he's a playmaker um, you know he's a crazy good shooter so for me and him to be on, on the court at the same time I, I think it's scary and um, we can really help our team win and um now it's just fun having them out there and um you know as to kind of playing you know different roles and um different ways we could we could score and, and help our team defend and and win games so
1: what does that do for your game individually, though? Because having a guy who is as dynamic of a scorer as Ant is, and is is a ball handler, a guy who can score at three levels like you talk about, what does that do in terms of helping your game or,
0: or allowing maybe things to open up for you a little bit on the court when Ant's out there? Um, really, I think both our games complement um, each other. So, you know, when he has a rock, you know, I could, could be chilling in the corner or on the wing, and, um, you know, they can't really help off of me because um, I think, you know... I'm a pretty good shooter, so gives him more space to operate and uh, be the player he can be. Um, but I think, you know, both our games just complement each other. So, In terms of defending, how do you feel like you're, you're progressing in that part of the game? I think it's, it's way better than last year. Yeah. Um, I had a year to just, you know, kind of learn, um, you know, different um, you know, calls and uh, where I'm supposed to be on the court. Um, but this year, I'm really trying to take on the bigger world and uh, rebounding and um, you know guarding their their best player and, and just help my team win games most of all. So I, I, this happened a while ago, but I wanted to ask you about it. I never got around to it.
1: You got a technical this season, which I was pretty surprised by. Do you, have you ever gotten a technical before? And if so, like, do you remember what even happened? Because it, it surprised me that knowing you just a little bit. That you would do anything that could get someone to call a technical on you?
0: Yeah, no. Nah, I, I, I got my first tech last year um, against Charlotte at Charlotte, but um, the tech um, against Indiana. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, had a few words uh, to yeah. say to him. Um, you know, I got my my motions, um, you know, got in the way, but it's basketball. It happens, so I just move on.
1: Well, it doesn't happen very often for you. I don't feel like because I feel like you're a guy who's pretty, when you talk about emotions, you feel very, I wouldn't say flat, but it doesn't seem
0: like you go up and down a whole lot to me. Yeah, and I'm just trying to, uh, you know, just stay calm and calm um, and chill and, and collective just, you know, help my team, team win, and uh, yeah, so. Uh, The last five games for you, I I
1: think that you maybe have seen some of these numbers. You're scoring 26.2 points per game, 6.6 rebounds, 5.0 assists on 68% true shooting percentage. There's only a few guys that have done that at your age. Basically guys like LeBron, Luka Doncic, uh, I think Anthony Edwards. How do you feel like you've been playing lately especially? Because it really does seem to me that you've really taken a step forward in the last couple weeks.
0: Yeah, I think I'm doing pretty good. I mean, uh, work doesn't last, so you know, just getting in the gym and um, you know, just work on your game and um, you know, just film work and um, you know, it work doesn't last. So,
1: yeah. it also seems to me too that maybe you you understand a bit more what other teams are doing these days. So, in terms of like scouting reports and understanding what some of the other players on the court are doing, how you're going to get played by teams, how would you say that has come along too? Because I know you're a guy too that. You know, you didn't maybe watch a ton of NBA basketball, so I think in some respects you're, you've been in this for a minute now, and you're maybe learning
0: some of these things. And it seems like it's maybe helping your game a bit. Yeah, no, I think uh, watching film helps a lot. Just just because you know you can see what how teams are playing you and, and what they're doing, um, you know, while you're playing. So I feel like just just watching film and um, being in the gym really helps. Before the season
1: started. We talked a little bit, and you talked about some of your point guard skills, and that being something you were working on. You've more than doubled your assist average already this season, and it seems to me like it's even at 3.6, that's even going up a bit. How would you say you've progressed in terms of a playmaker? Because, again, that was something you talked about. I know that was something Chauncey had talked about, and it really seems like you can see it out there on the court, your ability to, to set the table for other guys.
0: Like I said, just watching film and seeing how teams are guarding. Um, plus, with Ant back and um you know everyone uh, playing just just me being out there um and and them making plays and finishing the play for me um is is a big plus so what do you think about getting Tice crossed up the other day it was quite a uh, quite a highlight play for you no i think it's cool for real i ain't never did that before not even in high school so uh, to do it in the league is is pretty cool so did you see Scoot's response? He was on the court, and like he even
1: stopped and like put his hands on his head while he was in the corner. There. Yeah, I seen
0: the replay, and I seen his reaction. I seen everyone's reaction, so it's, it's pretty cool and funny to, to see their reaction, you know, mid play. So.
1: It seems like more and more people have started to kind of compare you to other players in the league or other players who used to be in the league. And a guy who I keep hearing over and over again is Kobe Bryant.
0: What do you think about the comparison to your game and Kobe's game? Uh, I think it's. You know, I think it's there. we both love the mid range and you know I, he's, he's a dog on both ends of the court, defense and offense. so I think it's pretty cool to you know kind of get compared to you know one of the greats that's high praise too, because people really put
1: Kobe on kind of a pedestal, it seems like too and you don't hear many people kind of throw his name out there like that, so to, to have it mentioned for you and, and, and multiple people too, it seems like there might really be something there.
0: yeah, for real. Um, I mean, like I said, he's a dog, one of the greats and um, I feel like you know me being the player I can be um, feel like I could be up there so real quick too since the holiday season uh where 's your love of mac and cheese come from my love of mac and cheese yeah. uh, I probably say my auntie 's uh, mac and cheese from back home uh, is really good best in the world, so set out here what uh what one what 's her name and two What makes a good mac and cheese uh Patricia um, I feel like just the cheese and um you know the what is it? The noodles? Mm-hmm. The noodles that go into it, so. Wow. But it just got to be the right temperature, and, you know, just everything got to be perfect, and that's what she does, so big shout-out to her.
1: All right, Patricia. i have to see if we can get the Patricia mac and cheese uh, recipe one of these days. Yeah. Uh, just to wrap up, uh, kind of your, your hopes for the rest of the season. Obviously, a long way to go. You talked about being a long season. You guys have have really been competitive in these games, even if you haven't maybe gotten the win every time. But it does seem like things are really trending in the right direction. So I'm curious from your perspective,
0: what would you like to see from yourself and from this team for the rest of the year? Yeah, I mean, one, I'm looking forward for everyone to get healthy. Um, it's almost that time. But um, for us, you know, just keep playing hard and keep uh, competing. I feel like, you know, every every day, every game, we have a chance to go out there and, and win. Um, but as as we continue to, you know, compete and play hard and do the things we, you know, we're supposed to do, I feel like, you know, every game we got a chance, so. So there you go. Some
1: great stuff there from Shaden Sharp, who has really improved both on the court and in dealing with the media. Really feel like Shaden's put a lot of effort into that. I even mentioned to him that most of the great players throughout the years have been pretty good with media. Even if they don't like doing it, it's been something that they understand. And I feel like Shaden, who I think has the capability to be a great player in this league, is starting to pick up that part of the game as well. It's not nearly as important as his game on the floor, but it don't hurt either. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Briefcase. Upcoming schedule, Blazers hosting the Jazz on Thursday, 7 o'clock start time at Moda Center, and then a back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday versus the Mavs and Warriors. A reminder that that game on Saturday is actually a 6 p.m. start. The game on Sunday is also a 6 p.m. start, but that's pretty common for Sundays. It is very uncommon to have a 6 p.m. start on a non-Sunday. So don't forget, if you're coming to the game on Saturday... 6 p.m. start. Don't show up for a 7 p.m. start because you'll have already missed half the game. It should be a good one. The Blazers played the Mavs pretty well the last time they were in Portland. will have another chance to get their lick back, as Chauncey likes to say. We'll see if they can do it. Draymond Green's going to be out for the game, you would assume, versus the Warriors as well. That's another, not a rubber match, but another team the Blazers played close in their house recently. We'll see if, at Moda Center, if their fortunes change. But well, we'll talk about that next week. Thanks so much for joining me on this edition of The Briefcase. Talk soon, go Blazers.